we're back. This is a distraction. I'm through. That's Roth. Are you doing Roth? I'm all right, man. Wow, you seem really fired up this morning. Do you know huh? something about the Jim Harbaugh situation that I do not? You was doing a little. You're doing a little dance when you were introducing it. It's been like it's been like since Tuesday. No, since like Monday night, where it was like it seemed like a done deal. But then, like they have to like they have to bring Harbaugh in. Like in all these like you know all these reports of like well they want to make sure that he's a good fit. And I'm like, fuck off. Like, come on. Like, don't, don't, don't give me that bullshit. But anyway, uh, as of this recording, Jim Harbaugh has not been hired yet by the Vikings. And also, frankly, Roth, I was hoping uh, to spare you from football talk this week because we've put you through a ringer of football talk the past couple weeks. And, uh, and now we have, you know, we have, a, we have a fun Bengals-Rams Super Bowl, but it's two weeks away. And, yeah, you we know, had th- plenty this- of time to just do a normal podcast this week. Right. So we were all planning to do a normal podcast, and then, holy shit, Brian Flores sued the NFL. Yeah. And so uh, because of that, we had to have on uh, our finest, finest senior legal correspondent, Diana Moskovitz is here. Hi, Diana. How you doing? Hey, guys. Being being embarrassed to be introduced is exactly the proper response for this podcast. Also, especially (laughs) because I think Diana knows that, like, our foremost legal expert means that, like... Diana knows a lot of stuff. She's also the one that knows how to embed documents in, our, right. in, our, blog, in our blog posts. She's also, she's also, she doesn't have a law degree, and Billy Hazley of Defector does. What's funny is you said that, Roth, like, here's my off-the-cuff joke, but I actually did spend part of yesterday helping people embed documents. Yeah, no, I know. That was uh, just to take people behind the scenes. That's where the color star post came from. So everybody was like, uh, I think our website doesn't work. And I also am retiring. And Diana was like, let me let me do what I can. <laughs> people were like, why do they keep her around? And now everyone knows it's because I'm the person who understands how our document cloud <laughs> account works. <laughs> that said, uh, we had a 58-page document cloud embed yesterday night, which I think Patrick Redford did do by himself. Wow! Of, of the, yeah, well, he's pretty competent uh, for a, <laughs> for a very young man. But the uh, it's of the Flores um, suit, which yeah is a pretty fast read for 58 pages. Even I was able to to read it. Which yeah, is, like um, it's it's not bit. legalese. It's like it's fucking great. Like yeah. you're like, oh my god, this is actual writing. Also, like, it's wow, a really, yeah, this is, it's a really this big is fucking type fantastic. Too. Which... I mean, I mean, it opens with oh. I'm sorry, much more literary people that I like remember that term for like, you'll know this, Drew. Like, you know how you have a quote before yeah, your well, book? An epigram. You know? Epigram, yeah. Like, the lawsuit has that. Yeah. <laughs> Where I was like, before we get to the lawsuit, you know, here's the, the oh, there's like two, I think, actually. Yeah. There's two. One is from the key Bill Belichick text message that everyone talks about that we're going to talk about. And the other is a quote from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And you're like, okay, cool. And then we get into the lawsuit. And so, yeah, I mean, it really was written in that way where I'm like, and other people who actually have law degrees would, you know, probably be even better at parsing this. Like, how much was this written for a judge? I don't know, but it was, it was written like that is clearly part of their strategy. You know, like this was written for the public. Yeah, so that know? like normal like, people could read it and right. You know, whatever. Like, also, you know, you can amend a complaint so they can like file again and be like, maybe we should put more legal facts in here. Yeah. <laughs> do you? Right. Like, do you find that to be from, like a scorpion song at the beginning of it or whatever? <laughs> do you find that like, to be a canny maneuver on their part, Diana? I think I always feel like to some extent when you talk about 
what's happening in the legal system for better or worse. It's like you do end up sounding like you're talking about the theater or you're talking about sports, right? Because yeah. you quickly start talking about things like strategy, you know? Yeah. Um, and um, performance and strategy. And I should say, and so it was, I mean, this, that, this is definitely their strategy. Like this is, this is going to be about getting the public on their side. You know what I mean? Like this was not written in a way where I'm reading it and you're like, Oh shit, look at that case law that they mentioned. And right. look at how we're like building, you know, this, you know, this was just like, I don't want to say it was written like a press release, but it was just one of those things where you read it. And you're like, yeah, this is about getting the public on their side and just embarrassing publicly the NFL as badly as they can. And is that like, good or bad strategy i don't know it can be like it depends on what they have you know what i mean and like what their goal is but it's not i mean it's what we're all talking about yeah. you know <laughs> i was telling drew before we started taping you know i was catching myself up last night and um this period of time like tuesday wednesday is a big time for uh, a lot of nfl analysis to drop because that's traditionally like the new week starts right it closes right. with a monday night game and so everything I listened to was like, change to the podcast plan, guys. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, so if that, it looks like that's their strategy and it, it worked, you know, um, you know, I guess like the thing I would say to that is, you know, that everyone was, there was, is this going to rain down change on the NFL? Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about that in a moment because uh, the first thing I wanted to discuss were sort of the three juiciest parts of the of the uh, of the lawsuit filing. So the first one is that uh, Miami Dolphins owner Stephen Ross offered Brian Flores, uh, who was the coach at the time, it was his first season. They were a fucking terrible team, but they they sort of got their shit together toward the end of the season and got better, and they won games. But Stephen Ross didn't want that. He wanted to lose all of his games. So he'd be able to draft a quarterback, number one. He offered Flores $100,000 for every loss that season if he would tank. And Flores' lawyer today said that they had corroboration, corroborating evidence of that offer. They haven't revealed that yet. So that's the first thing, which uh, also it was revealed last night, Diana, that in that same year, Ross was part of a, uh, was funding a, a startup venture in gambling that same year. So, uh, you know, that strikes me as against league rules, and that strikes me against, uh, like, certain laws that might be on the books, like, in the country. But it almost doesn't – I almost know immediately that he will suffer no consequences for that. Yeah. It really helps to know that who Stephen Ross is and how rich he is. Yes. Before you get into what is this going to lead to. I, I mean, I, I don't – I feel like this was something that Stephen Ross might have had consequences for – maybe 10 years ago or something like that, but I don't feel like the landscape is like that anymore, Diana. What do you think will be the consequences of that particular accusation? It's funny because part of me feels like that is the one that, where you're like, well, this definitely has to have consequences because of the appear, like even, I just even the appearance of like, I hate to say it, but like the integrity of the game. Right. Yeah. No. Right? I mean, it's fair. <laughs> like, I do. I'm like, no, that's a real thing. Like, you don't want to have it. I, I do get that. Like, we don't want to have the appearance that like owners are affecting the outcomes 
of games to like, you know, especially relative to what people are wagering on, you know, like that does strike me. That's one of those things where I'm just like, that seems bad. Like that seems wrong. Um, it's came up in, in Slack. I'm, you know, admittedly showing I come in, I come from a Pittsburgh family here that this is where my brain goes to. But um, I mean, the league used to be so um, diligent about this. And I was remembering when the Rooney family, several members uh, had to get bought out of the Steelers because they owned racetracks in Florida and the racetracks of Florida were getting slots basically. And that was a type of gambling that the NFL was like, we can't even have like the, the appearance, yeah. right? Like the faintest right. um, association with that kind of thing. Right. Which is crazy and I, if you watch the average commercial break of any NFL broadcast. Yeah. So much J.B. Smooth. I, it's I all J.B. Smooth. I looked it up and I, I think that was 2008, which is not that long ago. It's no. really just wild to me that we went from like 2008 where it's like, you know, some family members, you know, who aren't, who, you know, we're not like the majority, we're not public facing, but they own racetracks that have slot machines. You need to be able to buy them out of this team, you know, because we don't even want this appearance to like, an owner definitely owned a stake in a straight up gambling company. And at the same time, might have been trying to intentionally take his team. And we're like, okay. Yeah, it's almost it's almost quaint now. Like, it's almost like when you look back at like, oh, Jimmy Carter had to sell his peanut farm when he was president because it might be a conflict of interest. And like, right. nobody gives a fuck yeah. anymore. Like, yep. yeah. And there's a part of me that really did want like to see that and be like, okay, sh- I mean, not that I know what to accomplish, but at least give you like the, you know, faint sheen of like, we're going to do an NFL internal investigation to see if there was tampering, you know? Yeah. We'll get like Robert now. Mueller to investigate. Right, that's what I was going to say. The NFL <laughs> move there is definitely to throw a couple million dollars at a white shoe law firm, get a report that they then don't release to the public. And then they're kind of like, it actually turns out it's fine. Uh, <laughs> so we looked into it. Uh, we had the former attorney general of the United States and another <laughs> former attorney general of the United States do it. And it turned out that everything is, is normal. It is weird yeah. though. Cause like that, it, it, to Diana's point, like I was struck by this too, that like all three of us looking for a phrase that's less obviously ridiculous when applied to the NFL than the integrity of the game. Like, but that's clearly what this all kind of resolves to, I think, is like not just, you know, can you trust the outcomes? Because I think everybody's pretty well accustomed to tanking by teams at this point, uh, which is, you know, lamentable in its own right, but kind of... Uh, a third order concern given the the other stuff that's in this complaint like i think the idea that the, those dolphins teams were trying to lose as many games as they could i mean that was like they gave flores a shitty roster and he somehow won five games with it like that's a testament to what he's capable of doing it's just also like a reminder again of like where the the varying priorities land here well, that's but just to, it. I, I, in my, in my brain, there's a difference, a pronounced difference between tanking, where you're like, let's strategically be bad so we can be good later on, and openly bribing your head coach to lose. Like, yeah. then I'm like, well, well you crossed a line, Mister. Yeah, it also means that you didn't do your job right. Like, a real tank job is like you get you put talent on a team that is so poor that even if they're playing their asses off, like all Brian Flores teams do. That even if they do that, this is what Hinky managed to do with the Sixers. That like they just didn't have NBA players on the team, so of course they lost. Like it was they couldn't have done better than they did. Whereas like where you fuck up having Ryan Fitzpatrick as the quarterback for your team is that he's definitely going to win five games. Like he's not going to win ten, but he's like if you give him a chance to win five, he'll do it. 
And so then you have to, I mean, the idea of all of this running downhill onto poor Flores and the idea of trying to pay him what amounts to this like little pitiable bounty by coaching money standards to go 0-16 and probably never be a head coach again. It just is incredible reading through the complaint, the fucking indignity that is visited on this guy over and over again by the most mediocre fucking people that the league has to offer. Like Stephen Ross... Let's go to the second part of uh, like the of code it. and all this. Because there was one other thing. You know, the, yeah, it made me think about with the with the hundred thousand dollar thing, where there's just been this pattern for the past few years where I'm like something happens and I'm like, wow, like a, like a rich person does a bad thing. I'm like, that seems really wrong. Like that seems bad. Like there should probably be consequences for that, and maybe there will. And then just the world just laughs in my fucking face. Yeah, like it's like feels like there's nothing. Like that relationship between like action and consequence is like completely out of joint. Yeah, like the whole notion of consequences, Diana, is just like a form of naivete now. Yeah, I mean, it's it always depends on like who you're talking about and what you're talking about. But obviously, the NFL is this extreme example where like if you have enough money, you can buy your way out, right? Like, I some of this is like influenced, you know. Like to me, I always come back to the concussion lawsuit and that that settlement deal um, that they were, you know, going to settle actually was announced while I was working at NFL Media, and I, you know, the vibe at the time and when I talked to people there was always felt like that was the one thing that people thought could really get the league was that concussion lawsuit and just all the concussion reporting you know that was going on all the time you know that it did feel like there was some sort of groundswell like you saw stories about people like pulling their kids you know out of football which as people have explained to me is always sort of they're like if you really want to scare the nfl you know it's when they hear stories about people taking their kids out of football because you need more football players right, right. <laughs> like you know that's what scares them is when they hear about you know people not putting their kids in football um because Right, players. <laughs> Do you remember um, anyone saying anything, anything specific someone said to you at the time that stuck with you about that concern? I just remember like someone saying, I just remember the day the settlement was announced, like someone who, who worked with me in the newsroom was just like, you know, this was the one thing that I thought could, I don't want to say like bring it down. It's because even that it's so big, you know, but they, they, that it was the one thing that felt like it could almost like, make a dent in the armor, you know, I like this. It was the one thing where they sensed like real fear. You're like, this could fuck us up. This is bad. You know, things could get really ugly, you know, and you don't know what's going to be on the other side of it. And I've, I mean, obviously like I then left. So, you know, but I, even just like as an outside of it, but just still closely following the league, nothing has ever felt like that to me since where I'm like, I don't know about the future of the sport, you know, um, it just feels like, I mean, even with this, like, God, I hate saying it, but there's always that voice in my brain that's like, can they buy their way out of it? And yes, they can. Well, yeah, because <laughs> they didn't even pay some of those settlement payments to players. And no, in fact, that settlement is a disaster. And, and, there's- <laughs> and also they were stiffing <laughs> black players specifically. The race norming. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's just like even the concussion lawsuit, like you see the racism. It is everywhere. In the NFL, I, I mean, it also to be like, not pretend like, oh, this is just an NFL problem. Like it is everywhere, you know? Um, so, yeah, it's just, I, I don't know. So with this, 
because I saw everything yesterday and everyone was like, oh my God, could this bring down the NFL? And again, some of it influenced by like the concussion lawsuit didn't bring down the NFL. And they had like receipt after receipt after receipt after receipt after receipt showing like the action the NFL took to blatantly put out like what I'm comfortable calling misinformation about concussions and how they work. Like all the receipts are out there and they got out of it. Well, you know, um, so I don't know for this one. Like I know, I know, and I hope that, and I think this is what they're trying to do. Brian Flores' attorneys are trying to get him bags and bags of cash. Like Scrooge McDuck, we're like diving through gold coins, yeah. right. levels of money. You know, I have no doubt that that is what they are trying to do. And that's their job. This is a civil lawsuit. Like it would be great if it could affect great substantive change. That's, But that's not um, like civil courts principle matter it, it's about damages yeah. right and we it's about you know are you liable did you cause harm you know okay there's damages and we fix damages right or wrong by giving people money in this country i'm not saying that's right <laughs> feel free to lead the revolution if you disagree um but like that's what we do so they're gonna get him like bags of bags of bags of bags of bags of cash and they have to because everyone seems to agree his career is over so well that's uh, two things first of all Flores technically is still uh, in consideration for jobs in New Orleans, and he is a <laughs> finalist. Uh, he's a finalist for the job. Oh God, fuck in Houston alongside fucking Josh McCown. Yeah, which is just that Houston job that everyone wants. But it's also the fucking Houston. Like me. this is like the most because it's been obvious they wanted to hire McCown. Like that's been out there for a month at this. Yeah. Point. Florida like, reported feel- that that they wanted other teams to interview McCown so that they wouldn't look like shit once they did hire him. I mean, this is like, that's the part of it where it's still like having to go through. It points out, I guess, the extent to which there's no real leverage for change in this outside of, you know, as Diana said, like you can get a ransom from the league, but you can't and you could maybe shame the league to a certain extent, uh, you know, to the extent that the NFL is shameable. But it's not like... In all the ways that the NFL can feel like kind of an, a microcosm of the broader, unworkable state that we live in, there are still laws in the country. They don't work, and the systems that apply them don't work very well. But those systems exist. That doesn't exist within the NFL. And so, like, this is it. This is what he's got. Speaking of which, Diane, you mentioned last night that um, workplace discrimination, the standard of proof is is different or more strict than in oh. other lawsuits? Is that correct? Yeah. I Oh, shoot. I should look this up before I came on. Uh, darn it. Well, that's what um, you. Because there's like, I know. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Well, and it, it just shows you how tricky it is to the point where this is something where I'm just, just be like, whoa, I don't want to like say all this off the top of my head. You know what I mean? To begin with. Um, I mean, the big thing is, he, and they say they're going to do this in the lawsuit. He still has to file with the EEOC. <laughs> Um, what is the EEOC? The uh, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. Hey! Oh, yes. right. Otherwise, I'm going to hear from all our lawyer readers. Um, <laughs> because what you're supposed to, there's like a couple exceptions, but basically what you're supposed to do, uh, and my understanding is traditionally you file with the EEOC and then the then you file your lawsuit. And like sometimes the EEOC will, will be like, yes, you have permission to file your lawsuit, you know, go, go forth, you know, don't ask, don't ask me why it's up this way. I'm, I can, I'm just telling you, <laughs> like, I always feel like when I talk about this stuff, there's many things where I'm like, I'm not saying this is how society should be set yeah. up. I'm just saying it's how it right, is. Right, right, right. So like you 
traditionally and in other labor issues I've written about, like you go to the EEOC, you know, in, in a typical workplace discrimination, you know, um, and there are a couple carve out exceptions, like for equal pay. And there's one other, I think it might be age. Uh, you go to EEOC and then, then you file your lawsuit. Um, they're saying, they said their lawsuit, like, we're going to file with the EEOC, don't worry, which was another thing that made me think like, yes, this was, this was done for the public. Like they were like, how could we drop this in a way that has maximum public impact and not necessarily maximum legal impact? Because, because they had this- not filed it yet. Is that correct? They hadn't filed. That's, the lawsuit says it. They're like, we are filing with the EEOC. You know, like we are going to, I'm going to double check this now. Um, I remember what I read it like. Plaintiff will file a charge of discrimination with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, which okay. is a prerequisite. So under Title Seven, So like we still, have, there's a part of it's like, we haven't gotten to first base yet. <laughs> we like, he still has to do this. It's like, it's like announcing your retirement, but not filing the papers just yet. Right? Yes, you can. Yes, exactly. We're like, I'm retiring. You're like, right. But like, we need, we need the papers, right? Like he still has to do that. That's like... Um, a judge, the first thing a judge is going to be like, did you do this yet, dude? Um, and then, you know, like going over it last night. I mean, he filed it quickly, which is good because with a lot of uh, workplace discrimination cases, they don't give you a ton of leeway. Some of the deadlines are like 180 days. Like you can't just like take your time. You really have to do it very quickly. And then- Why, why is I the window so short? I don't know. That's another one for the, I, I don't know. I mean, again, this is where I'm like, I, I know this, you know, um, but I, I'm not an, uh, a labor attorney and that area of the law is very, it's very, very specific. Like, I don't know quite, it's, you know, there's like areas of the law where they're just sort of broadly true. And then there's certain areas where you're like, yeah, man, like either you know that or you don't, because it's just so, it's true to some extent of all of it. But I've always just been like, labor can get very granular like and that's why i'm always very careful with who i listen to on this stuff frankly and when everyone was like we're changing the nfl and i was like yo i want to hear from a labor lawyer on this because labor law is really really specific you know like i would like i want to hear from a labor lawyer who does cases in the federal dis- federal court in new york where this was filed because there's so much that's going to be in terms of like like at some point we're going to hear about there's different standards of proof that you have to use um and i'm gonna bungle this oh god i should have done even more reading um but it, it's like in discrimination cases you it, and there's been like quibbling over this in the courts about like what's the level of proof you have to show for discrimination right because to some extent how do you show it right like right there have been times where i'm like i definitely like you know not the experience like Brian Flores, dear God, no. But, you know, there are definitely moments in my life where I'm like, I think they just brought me in because they needed a girl to say they interviewed, especially in sports media, right? Where they're just like, we checked the girl box, you know? But you have no but proof I, of that, right? Like, so like you- Right, it's like, but I, how do I prove that? Like, like I, I can say like, I went in for this interview and the person I was supposed to interview with like wasn't even there and I interviewed with someone else and it's, you know what I mean? And I'm like- I pr- like everything your gut is like, mm, no, that, but how do I prove it? Right. Um, and so there's always, um, I think that's what makes them tough. And then also, I don't know off the top of my head, like what's the current case law for like, what's the standard? Cause there are like different levels of proof that you need for different claims. So it's like for this, one we need, you know, uh, like it could be the big thing is like, can it be like inferred or is it like I, you need an email saying they were like, we don't hire black people. 
right? Like what is, cause there's certain types of discrimination that you can infer. Like it, like the NFL, we are like, why is there only one black coach? <laughs> this is statistically impossible. Therefore, you know, the only explanation left is racism, right? Or is the level of proof the court requires like, we need an email to all 32 owners saying let's do crimes <laughs> yeah you know what i mean and i don't and i don't know what that is like off the top of my head i just know it's something that often comes up with discrimination cases which is just like what's the threshold that the judge wants to be like yes you know because uh, yeah and there's and again like i would and that's why just my thoughts on this in general like i'm kind of waiting to hear from the labor lawyers who can say like okay he filed in this in a federal court in new york you know these are the precedents there this is the standard you know that they want to see and that he'll have to show you know uh, i did read the lawsuit and i didn't see a ton of discussion of that which is again why I, you know what i mean because normally where, in a yeah, complaint you get that sense that it's do... for the court of public opinion which has different standards right. of proof and although again it, it does sort of make you wonder what the standards are for that too because i think that there's as much as you can like read through the thing and very obviously be like, that's really fucked up. It, this is, you know, extremely backwards and it seems like the fix is in. It is very difficult to prove this stuff unless, I mean, this is where I think that like, it seems unlikely to me as a fellow non-law knower, uh, you know, but who knows lawyers, not to brag, is that like, this can't go to discovery. The NFL can't allow the attorneys for Brian Flores to see the internal communications of these teams, which is something that like, like they would never allow that to happen. Like you well, see that's what got Gruden, right? It is, is what got correct? Gruden, you know, that like, and I think that's one of those things where like the lessons of Daniel Snyder, like most of them, you know, resolve to uh, legalizing the guillotine, but there is some sense there that like, you just can't afford to have this laundry where anybody can see it. And I think that's like where it starts to seem likelier to me that he will get paid before this gets to the point where it could really, again, present what is an existential threat to the NFL, but where it could really embarrass them beyond let's, what it's already done. Speaking of embarrassing, let's get into a couple of details. The first one, uh, we will take a break shortly, but uh, I just wanted to mention the first one. In the winter of 2020, according to the lawsuit, Mr. Ross, that's Stephen Ross, invited Mr. Flores onto a yacht for lunch. Shortly after he arrived, Mr. Ross told Mr. Flores that the prominent quarterback, a prominent quarterback, was conveniently arriving at the marina. Obviously, Mr. Ross had attempted to set up a purported impromptu meeting between Mr. Flores and the prominent quarterback. Mr. Flores refused the meeting and left the yacht immediately. After the incident, Mr. Flores was treated with disdain and held out as someone who was noncompliant and difficult to work with. This was after the end of the 2019 season. Uh, Diana, can you guess who this quarterback is? Was would his name be Brom Tady? <laughs> who would this quarterback be? Yeah, I mean, I. It's Mike Thomas. It's so weird how some of this is just <laughs> reads like like Stephen Ross is just the worst boss in the world, but it's amplified by like the money and the stakes at the table. This being, you know, what was once like a, a like a crown jewel might be a bit much, but like. I'm, I grew up in South Florida, and so this is influenced, obviously, by knowing so many people back there still. But, like, 
the dolphins used to be good. Yeah, they were like when, when I was a kid, they were like one of the franchises. It was like the Dolphins and the 49ers and the Giants and Washington were like teams that were, you know, every year they were good. The Vanguard. Right. Yeah. Like there were certain teams where like, I mean, they had Marino, they had Shula, who was so like that type of coach who like, you know, coached a bazillion games, you know, um, it, like, and it's, I remember when uh, Joe Robbie sold the team to Wayne Heisinger and being like, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> what? And, and it's and Wayne yeah, Heisinger. you had no idea how good you had it with fucking Wayne Heisinger. And then it was like, <laughs> A man who made like all his money off of um, Block waste, video, man- waste management, oh, like those waste management. Yeah, yeah, he was like a trash magnet. He made all his money off of like collecting trash, and then Blockbuster Video, which I'm aging myself by remembering. Yeah. The, those uh, are his two RIP. big things. The the details of that meeting though are so great. Just Stephen Ross being on a yacht, like what a surprise! Philip Rivers is also here. Yeah, who would have guessed? <laughs> it must be fate. I Brian. declare, is that Tyrod Taylor's boat? Yeah. Well, they just show you how like everything is a rule until your boss says it's not a rule, yeah. right? Like no tampering is a rule until one of the thirty-two owners says actually it's not a rule, and then it turns out it's not a rule. And if you're Brian Flores, obviously in that moment you're like, I'm fucked either way. Like I'm fucked because <laughs> right? either I go along with this and I'm tampering, yeah, or. Yeah. I don't, and my boss is like, fuck you. Right. You know, like, it's such a lose-lose moment. Like, I, you just read that, and you're just like, God, that's still just one of those moments. You're like, either way, I am coming out of this fucked. <laughs> like, there is no, like, there's no good ending. There's no way I get out of this, and it's like, whoo, close one. No. Like, you're fucked, you know? And it's, um, you know... I feel I've probably like told this story before in Slack, so I'm sorry if it's repetitive, but I do think it's it's helpful to understand this, which is, you know, so I worked at NFL Network. I worked there for um, 11 months. Um, and so I was there for one of the black when it was like, you know, Black Friday when they fire all the coaches, you know, and I remember beforehand we had to have this big meeting and they would talk to all of us and they would remind us, um, you know, we have 32 bosses. Um, because, because, and I remember the big thing was, it was like, and this was, I don't know that we ever had like a big meeting for anything else, except maybe Super Bowl planning, obviously, but it was like, this was the thing we couldn't fuck it up. And I think about that a lot. Like, not that we were trying to fuck things up. Of course that everyone there worked really hard. And, and I know people are always like, Oh, like NFL network, there are a bunch of students. And I'm like, look, I work there. Like there are people trying to do a job. Right. Like there are people like you and me, they wake up, they're trying to do a job. Money's you know, money. For the yeah. most part. Right. And like, um, but we never had a meeting about like, how do we not fuck up reporting on the players? You know what I mean? Like how um, there were all these things that was just like, well, we'll try our best. We'll see what happens. You know, blah, blah, blah. But like you could not fuck up getting who an owner named as their head coach. Rob. Like that was just how important it was to the owners. You know what I mean? Like that's how much it means to them. Like this was the one thing we couldn't fuck up was like, who's going to be the next coach of the Washington football team? You know what I mean? Everything else. Uh, that's commanders, Diana. Yeah. The name's commanders now. How <laughs> about respecting the pride and heritage of the commanders? You know, I, I always thought that was like very telling. And, I, and then I think that's why 
you know, frankly, you look at the position and you're like, yeah, like we're back to like one black head coach in the entire NFL. This seems statistically impossible. Like, how is that possible? And I just think it's um, because it's, God, it sounds so fucked up to be like, they won't hire anyone who's not white because the job just means so much to these, you know, billionaires. But like, yeah, yeah, you know well, what I means, mean? They're it like, means so much to them, but then also it means that specific thing to them, which is that like they want – it's like an aspirational figure for a coach, for an owner, that they like see a coach and they're like sort of like, I'm like that. Like I'm like this vital leader of men who's getting people to do you know what he says strictly through the force of his personality, which in point of fact, you're not. You're Stephen Ross. You're a real estate developer and you have like nine houses that all look the same in various coastal cities. But this is where <laughs> right. like I think the, the racism in it that's like sort of – it's like ambient without necessarily spelling itself out that like they're going to hire guys that – move them as coaches and they're going to bring all of their personal biases to bear on that without obviously without thinking about it that's the great privilege of being a rich guy and so like if you're a mara and you meet joe judge and you're like this is a very impressive young man that's it that's the that's the only consideration and I mean, it's funny that like so much of the stuff in the floor is complaint is like they literally hired joe judge in front instead of me like are you fucking kidding me right now like, but yeah. it's as, as close to ironclad proof as you can get. I do want to say one thing before the break, which is that Flores was from the, uh, the Bill Belichick coaching tree. And we'll talk about that in a second. But he was like, he was clearly the best one from the coach. That's not saying much, but every other, every other, yeah. tr- every other assistant that came out of New England was a terminal fuck up. And right. The only one that didn't instantly become a life-size hemorrhoid that everyone yeah. hated. Just a raging the, asshole. The and only one who you didn't look at and you're like, I think maybe it did help that they had Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> and it, so he, and he gets fired and it's just a, it seems to me it's a comment on just how utterly self-defeating it is that these teams refuse utterly refuse to look to the entire talent pool and restrict themselves to one quadrant of it. Not even a quadrant. It's not even that fucking big. It's like, you know, they're looking at like 10% of the population. You know, it's, it's, it sucks and it's annoying. And we're going to take a break and come back and try to find something to laugh about. And we are back. We're back with Diana Moskowitz talking about the Brian Flores lawsuit against the NFL. Two more tidbits we need to talk about from uh, the document that was released uh, on Tuesday. Uh, the first one, uh, we got to talk about, uh, so Flores was scheduled in 2019 to interview with the Denver Broncos for their head coaching position at the time. Uh, and according to the lawsuit, Broncos then general manager John Elway, President uh, Chief Executive Officer, Officer Joe Ellis and others showed up an hour late to the interview. They looked completely disheveled, and it was obvious that they had been drinking heavily the night before. It was clear from the substance of the interview that Mr. Flores was interviewed only because of the Rooney Rule, and that the Broncos never had any intention to consider him as a legitimate candidate for the job. Shortly thereafter, Vic Fangio, a white man, was hired to be head coach of the Broncos. Vic Fangio, Fangio of course, was fired uh, just, uh, just a month ago for doing a poor job with the Broncos. So, uh, the Broncos have vehemently denied this, and yet the Broncos front office, I can count, I believe it's its at least two, and I believe it's three people in that front office who have DUI arrests. So it's not like, it's not like it's a wild leap of, you know, jump to conclusions to say that, that these people tend to enjoy a tipple every now and again, Diana. 
<laughs> oh yeah i like that cackling that's a good response <laughs> it's just hard to know where to yeah. start with john elway he's accomplished so much as an executive he really is a remarkable piece of shit like yeah, post one of the worst we've got remember when they hired the guy who and i've already forgotten his name i just remember i got a copy of the police report when for when he was investigated like this is so sad that i'm like i don't even like remember the details because this you know how many times has this happened but it's like they hired and he was like there and gone after a season or two and um and it was under la's reign he had been investigated um i believe it was earliest coaching career was he's coaching at a college for like sexual misconduct and they just oh, like it was vance hired. joseph that was vance joseph yeah vance joseph that was their head coach yeah. vance joseph yes and i just remember being like i feel like you can find a, a guy who hasn't done that right how hard could it be, right? I, yeah. Oh, what if you don't that. try, I, I don't though? What if you don't really try very hard? Do you think <laughs> that, that would make it more difficult which is like if you the didn't running, give a shit? I, I feel like this is like the running theme through all of this, though, which is just like people not trying very yeah, hard. Yeah, absolutely. They, right? For all of these things, there's like different, you know, degrees, but it's all the same thing where it's like, well, you could try very hard. Or you could be like, ah, I'm just gonna like hire my buddy. Yeah, it's that and special like, NFL just thing buddy. where you take it incredibly seriously, but also not in a way that makes you work at it in a way that would reflect that. Speaking like of lazy, let's talk yeah. about Bill Belichick's texts too. For <laughs> <laughs> so this was these were texts. These were screenshots of texts that were in the that were submitted in the uh, in the lawsuit, and it's exchanged between Belichick and Flores, and it starts out very cordially, and it says. Belichick is, I'm going to read the text. He says, sounds like you have landed. Congrats. And Flores asks, did you hear something that I didn't hear? And Belichick replies, giants? Ex exclamation <laughs> point, question mark, like many times over. We're getting a dramatic reading. And yes, Flores really says, good. I interview on Thursday. I think I have a shot at it. Like he sounds like really genuinely enthused. And Belichick says, got it. I hear from Buffalo and NYG that you are their guy. Hope it works out if you want it. And Flores says, that's definitely what I want. Hope you're right, coach. Thank you. Uh, and then I believe four hours later, Flores texts back to Belichick. He said, uh, coach, are you talking to Brian Flores or Brian Dabble? Just making sure. And then Belichick texts back, sorry, I fucked this up. I double checked and misread the text. I think they are naming Dabble. I'm sorry about that. BB. He signed the fucking text. Like and he's then, Carl's. And then <laughs> really good. Poor Flores texts back, thanks, Bill. Like, like I, I don't know how you can like I don't know how you can glean anger and just like utter just utter rage from a single tweet that says thanks, Bill, but I can feel his I can feel oh, yeah. the well, the thing that people were pointing out, I did not notice this, others did first, is that he's calling him coach, you know, like coach, coach, coach. And then it ends with, thanks, Bill. Like, right. oh, all the like anger that. is in like, is it like, and we all know what that means when you stop calling your coach, coach. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Bill, you that fuck. Like, it's, like when, it's like when your parents use your middle name when they're mad at you and are calling you down someplace. Like, this is a, that's as much as you can say to Bill Belichick, great job, asshole. You've ruined my day. Our own uh, Luis Paez Pumar thought last night that Belichick knew who he was texting, but that his source, he misread the text from his source about who had been named. And all of this happened before, like he told him essentially, this was before Flores was going in for an interview, and Belichick was telling him that Dabble already had the job. So this was before Flores was even scheduled to go in for the interview, which was part of the reason that he's suing the NFL, that it was essentially a fait accompli. 
And, you know, that coincides with my team. They were interviewing a pool of candidates for their head coaching gig. And one of them, D'Amico Ryans, they were flying out to California to interview D'Amico Ryans on Monday. And D'Amico Ryans said, you know what? Fuck you. I'm not doing this. Because I think he pretty much knew that Jim Harbaugh had the job and didn't want to be part of a clown show for this. So, uh, you know, I don't know that I have a question for this other than just, I'm just, I think I'm amazed that like Bill Belichick texts anyone back. I think that's, (laughs) and it's very funny. It's very funny to me that someone as buttoned up as him who like would like study tape of just like long snappers for fucking eight hours a day to make sure their technique is correct. Like fucks up a basic texting exchange so so easily. It's great. It's like how Peyton Manning can't run a fucking dishwasher, you know. <laughs> I mean, it, it it's that definitely that moment where you wonder, like, was this a moment where Brian Flores is like, "Fuck, I'm just doing all your asses." Because, yeah. like, I mean, they lead the lawsuit with it. it's the thing everyone was screenshotting, posting on Twitter, where you're just like, <laughs> and it is funny to me that Bill Belichick, who is you know for a while as golden a coach as you can be, you know, where it was just like, he is a genius, you know, and the coaching tree and like all this other crap. Um, like there's something very ironic. I'm not sure if that's the word, but um, in the fact that like, <laughs> that it was him who fucked this up. You know what I mean? We're like, but where, where's your genius hoodie, man? Well, it's like, also, I think people, the initial response to it was like, no way this was an accident. Bill Belichick doesn't do accidents. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then the more you think about it, you're like, no, this is like an old guy who doesn't know how to use his phone. Like, it yeah. seems pretty But we've clearly. all done it. Like, I have accidentally texted the wrong person because like they're, and it's so, that's why I believe it because they've got the same you know, first name, they're both Brian. Yeah. We've all texted the wrong person where you're like, you know, for me, it's just, I always think I'm, I'm texting a person, you know, because I'm like grabbing the top text. I didn't realize someone else had texted me and I'm just texting whoever was that top person. And so it's just like, you know, I'll send something and I'm like, oh, wait, I didn't need to tell you to pick up more oatmeal at the grocery store. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so I just, I'm like, of course this would happen because we've all done that. You know, like two names both start with J or like you think your last text message, you know, was from one friend and it's really from the other friend, you know, and you're just like, oh shit. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like Bill Belichick is human. There's a lot of father-in-law energy to that that tweet, yeah. his tweeting. And also yeah. a nice then, reminder of how much fucking gossip there is in the NFL. How much yeah. all these like alpha guys are constantly back-channeling each other and being so like, what are you hearing about much. Brian? Yeah, like, just, there's so much of it and it never gets to the public. And I, I, I'm I'm grateful that at least this part and it's damning. Like, yeah. it's horrible. It was. I mean, that's what, like, with the Gruden stuff, that was what it, I mean, wound up bringing him down was the stuff from that lawsuit. All, these guys constantly playing grab ass and, like, forwarding emails to each other and, like, on their work accounts being like, I have an upskirt photo I think you'd like. I think you especially would appreciate this. Like, just absolute idiot behavior from people that don't really seem to, like, ever leave the office but also ever do a job. But there, there's, like... It's because they feel so secure. I don't think this yeah. is true of every single person in the NFL. Like, obviously, I, I I doubt that, like, Brian Flores was ever, you know, doing, like, just things that, like, John Gruden was accused of doing. But I do think there's a, a, a tier of, you know, white guys where they, they do feel invincible. Like, you yeah. know, when you're in that certain echelon, like, Gruden... You know, and you're just like, yeah, man, like I'm in that tier. Like, I don't think John Gruden stopped for a second to think, you know, maybe I shouldn't say this to my buddy's work email. Right. 
You know what I mean? Like that one second of just like, man. That hesitation does not exist in these guys. This is like a Gmail email. You know what I'm (laughs) saying? Like we've all, we all know that we're like, this is like a Gmail email. This is like a text. Like maybe I'm not going to say this in Slack. I'm just going to like, you know, whatever. We've all been there. You know, we're like, this is not the proper channel. Um, to that end, Diana, like, can I ask you the big... They don't even think about it. I'm sorry, can I ask you the big questions, Diana? Because we're, we're getting toward the end. One is that this was tagged as a class action lawsuit. Uh, do you see it that way? Do you see it potentially growing into a class action lawsuit? I have my doubts. I mean, so the thing is, to be a class action... And, and again, that's why I was like, this This lawsuit was written for the public. And like, great job. Uh, I don't know that it was written for a judge. And, and they can do that. Like, you could you file a, you know, amended complaint, you know, and you just change it. You know, um, because one thing is, so a class action, you have to get certified by a judge. Basically, a, you, I, you can't just make, declare yourself one, basically. Okay. Um, yeah, so, and you, Part of it is you do have to show there's a certain number of people. So that's why you get like those things in the mail sometimes, you know, like I, I get these because I feel like it comes a lot with cars. You yeah. Know, or like, like, I remember you, you're eligible to get like a dollar 75 in a settlement from Netflix because they like right. sold your email address to somebody or whatever. And, and some, um, you know, and part of that is because somebody's going to be a class action. Like you do need to show that like this affected a big group of people. Right. And it can't be like two. Like two is not a class action. You know what I mean? Uh, I did some research yesterday. Um, and uh, basically long story short, like this is going to depend on what the specific rules are again in the court they filed in. This is federal court in New York. And so that court is going to have a standard. That is my cat. Lou, cat is shouting. Cat say hello. <laughs> oh, she's probably just like, <laughs> oh, she's agreeing with me. Um, she, but they're going to have a threshold, like a class action has to have like, at least 20 people, let's say, and okay. you need to bring these people forward and show that there is a class. And that's part of like certifying this. And so I have my doubts because like, um, then it will officially become a class action lawsuit because that, um, that's just, you're going to have to get a lot of people who are all I, like to be very, you know, um, ugh, what's the word I'm looking for, but to be very, <sighs> they're going to get a bunch of people. So you have to ask yourselves how many black coaches are willing to stand up and say, like to join the class and and torpedo their careers. It's not like there's a lack of candidates. It's a question of like, is everybody willing to jump on the pyre with Brian Flores? Do we think that's say like one number, like you'll see thrown out a bit is like 20. So, you know, so do you think, and again, it can't be like, like two, three is not a class action, you know? So like, do we think there's like, 19 other people who were willing to do that and not even a like oh it's so depressing to think people will do that like i get it like you know it's a big i always say like there's a reason there's only been one kurt flood there is no other kurt flood and we always go back to kurt flood because how many people are willing to stand up and say yes i will torpedo the rest of my career to do this it's a big ask and right now the list is kurt flood and maybe Brian Flores, but there's a reason it's a short list. And that's why I don't know that this will. Um, and now I, I say that you're like, oh, well, I, there I am leaving out lots of like other very important steps in the fight for the rights of players. And now we're also talking about coaches, but like in terms of just that big, like 
filing a lawsuit where you just go into it knowing like this is it this is the end i can't think of anyone else who's ever done that except for flood if it did and, uh, if it did become a class yeah let's say it did become a class yeah. um would that because then i you know and this is you know i hate disclaiming everything with well i'm not a lawyer but it would seem to me that given what i know about class action lawsuits you know you're going from an individual settlement that would be very lucrative for the individual to a massive nine-figure settlement across the class that would be very, very expensive. So if he were able to arrange a class action lawsuit and get other coaches to participate, would that be enough to affect change as he has said he wants to do with the NFL? I mean... How much do we think the concussion lawsuit changed the NFL? And I know that's a very grim thing to say, but like I brought this up in Slack yesterday, so I'll bring it up again. Where and again, I'm, I've, I've this isn't the perfect example because I, sometimes I feel like there aren't. There's, um, but I, you, you know, where my mind goes was, um, and I want to say that these were like true class actions, but. Um, during me too, uh, the New York Times did a big package looking back at what had happened at a Ford plant, and you know, decades earlier, a group of women had sued Ford, sued Ford for um, you know harassment, discrimination. Like this is a bad workplace, you know, to be a woman in, and they got this big win. And as part of it, Ford was you know paid the usual thing. It was like, this is the money we're paying, and these are the things we're saying we're going to change. And um, you'll be shocked to, um, and I believe this was 2017 when the New York Times was checking back in. Um, I believe it was under the auspices of, uh, I don't remember if the women were, a new group of women were suing again or looking to sue again. And like, basically it was like, yeah, there's still a lot of problems with being a woman on the, fo- on the floor um, at Ford. You know, um, yeah, the NFL doesn't lack for money to settle this. I don't think that it's almost nothing to them relative to actually having to do things differently. Right. I feel bad like saying this because then I feel just like I am like, <laughs> but it's just it's so hard. Like change is hard, well, I, you know, I, like if, and, and so I but then I, I don't say that to excuse the NFL, but I just think that. Um, no, but I think I think cynicism is the correct default response because that concussion lawsuit the settlement was a billion dollars. They didn't give a, a fuck. Billion. A billion. And like, do I think the the NFL has taken concussions that much more seriously? No. Than it was before. You know, I, and I like the thing. And so I don't doubt that Brian Flores wants to bring about change. And there's always a part of me who wants to be like, look, you never know. Right. Like, I don't know. And this is one of those things where I'm like, man, I'm totally okay with being proven wrong. And they're like, Wow, Diana, hashtag bad takes, like digging up the old take, like this girl, what does she know? Hashtag fired, you know, like, please, like, prove me wrong, you know, but um, I, it, and even like, it's funny, because I was thinking, I was thinking about Kurt Flood a lot last night, because I always feel like, you know, we forget when we talk about Kurt Flood, Kurt Flood lost his lawsuit, he lost, yeah. but like, he got, in losing, he got the press, the precedent that the MLB president you know, Marvin knew he needed to go and get the players essentially like real free agency. Right. And so it was kind of like laying the groundwork, you know, and that's why it was so important because without the precedent, Marvin Miller can't do what he does next, you know? Um, But even that he still lost and it still took like all the agency of like the entire MLBPA behind him. Right. Like it just, it took, it takes so fucking much. And like, they just have so much money. And this is something um, like 
I was listening to another podcast last night and they pointed this out where it's just like, what has affected change in the NFL? And they're like, it's when the sponsors freak out, right? Like why is- Yeah, why- hence commanders, right? Yes, like that's why today we also have the other, right? It's, it's when the sponsors freak out. See my cat Lily was just like, yeah, that's right, mom, that's right. Uh, good point, hit that point hard, hit that point hard, hit, hit the gap hard, hit the gap hard. Um, and so to me, I still feel like, you know, we'll see change. I don't, I don't know, man, when the sponsors start pulling out, you know, I, I think all of a sudden they'll be like, whoa, all of a sudden 50% black coaches in the NFL. Where did all these qualified people come from? You know, and we'll be reading all these happy stories about like this bumper crap of like amazing young black head coaches, you know, and, you know, just, um, the same way where there's like, oh my gosh, look at all these amazing young black quarterbacks, you know, as if there couldn't always have right. been as amazing if it didn't young exist black in like 1995 <laughs> or whatever. Was, right. Yeah. You know, we'll see all that the minute the like, I don't know, Coca like Coca-Cola just needs to like blink wrong. You know, like that's sadly what I think it takes is I'm like, you know, Coca-Cola or Pepsi or whoever is, you know, who's the sponsor of the Super Bowl, right? Like, um, but otherwise. Again, like I'd love to be proven wrong, but I, I feel like, you know, if I want to be less cynical about it, like this could always be the start, right? Like when you look at a lot, and this is where I'm looking at the history of players, right? Cause there has, this is where I feel like it's tricky. Cause like, there's no coaches union. Right. I kept saying this yeah. yesterday and I'm just like, there's no coaches union, which I do think is part of what hurts this in a way. Like there's no mechanism for like group action. You know, like for all, all, all the, you know, things I disagree with the NFLPA on, but like, it still exists. It's a thing. It's a tool. It's, it's there, you know? Um, and I sometimes feel like, oh, I lost my train of thought there for a well, second. The extent to which they're all out there alone is definitely yeah, what they're makes all out it there possible alone. for them to get taken advantage of. I mean, it's like, right. Like there really is a way which I feel like the coaching position has kind of been like div divided and, and conquered, you know, by the owners because they have no way of, I don't, I don't know. Start. Could you start a, a coaches union? But like also the owners will like lose their fucking shit. Could you imagine? It seems like, like the if the coaches started a union play, like the owners would like, it would be one of the greatest, like, you know, union busting campaigns of our time. Oh, my God. I'm going to tell, like... tell our sponsors to boycott the NFL. See how yeah. <laughs> going to be like, Right. Man, yeah. And those are, and that's pretty good active wear. So <laughs> think about it. Uh, Brandon Nix and Corinne Wallace are our producers. Daisy Rosario is our executive producer. Our theme song is by Kirk Hamilton. You can listen to ad-free episodes of The Distraction only on Stitcher Premium. And thanks to us. You can get a free month of Stitcher Premium right now. Just go to stitcherpremium.com and use the promo code DISTRACT. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you listen. And go subscribe to Defector.com, too, while you're at it, where you will find the writing stylings of one Diana Moskovitz. Diana, thank you so much for coming on. This was yeah, great. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Oh, wait, gosh, I didn't even get questions. I was, I prepared. Do you want, everything. do you want one? Do you want a fun bag question for the road? I, I like, actually, this is really sad, but I did try to think of answers last night. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I didn't want to duff them. And I was, so I actually like thought about that. Oh, which that's is great. Very, All right. Yeah. Well, that, we'll do, we'll, we'll do it real quick. Your guy of the week is Tony Banks. And then your fun bag <laughs> question is from no, who says, do you have an opinion on goldfish? Versus Cheez-Its. Goldfish versus Cheez-Its, Diana. 
I definitely a team goldfish. I do agree. Like, there's just something about the fish shape that makes them. All more. right. There we go. We did it. We got all of oh, it. Wait, but that wasn't the one I came up with a really good answer. <laughs> the one where it's like, if someone could tackle you, who do you think you could ta- get away with tackling? I came up with like a whole. It's okay. It's fine. Oh, no, no. We'll do it. We'll do it. Alex writes in, what current NFL player could tackle you? As you ran onto the field during the game and not destroy you. I think it's a hunter or anyone. I have the best answer for this one. It's going to be Cincinnati hero, Evan McPherson, because he is a gator and I am a gator. And so I will be wearing my gator colors and doing the gator chop. And he will realize that I am a friend and then like kind of let me like believe that I stood a chance, even though he could totally creep. I would personally love to be booted 47 yards on a line (laughs) by Evan McPherson. That would be my great honor. So it's going to be Evan McPherson. And I I was really proud of myself for coming up with that last night. Thank you. That was great. Glad we got it in. Yeah, I am too. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.